Hi and welcome to the Racial Introductions podcast. From ancient Greece to branding, globalisation to Homer and logic to fashion, we'll showcase a concise and dynamic insight into a range of diverse topics for wherever your curiosity may lead you. So here is today's very short introduction. Hello, my name is Susan Blackmore. I'm a visiting professor at the University of Plymouth in England. The title of my VSI is Consciousness. I first got interested in the topic of consciousness when I was at university back in 1970. And in those days, when I was studying psychology, you couldn't even mention the word consciousness in a serious discussion of, of psychology. It was beyond the pale. And in my first term in Oxford, I had an extraordinary out-of-the-body experience. It was really dramatic and quite unexpected. I had been a little bit interested in the paranormal and psychic phenomena, and I had heard about astral projection. So when I had this experience, that's what I thought it was, astral projection. I thought my astral body had left the physical body and gone into the astral planes and flown around and so on. Looking back on it 50 years on, things look quite different. For a start, I had, as well as the sense of leaving the body, everything that we would now say is part of a near-death experience. I wasn't near death, but I had tunnels and lights and the decision to return and all of those, uh, those aspects. But also, the two, two-and-a-half-hour experience culminated in a classic, very deep mystical experience of oneness, of no-self. If you like, there being no mind-body duality, which is such a problem for consciousness studies. So that experience propelled me into just wondering what on earth's going on. And over the years, finally in the mid-90s, it became possible in psychology to talk about consciousness. And then I threw myself into that. Meanwhile, I'd studied paranormal things and done experiments on astral projection. And there just isn't any good evidence that anything leaves the body. But now we can understand how out-of-body experiences work in the brain. The neuroscience is brilliant. We can see where they happen and so on. It also led me into meditation. I, I tried lots of things, lots of psychedelic drugs, and other ways of altering your mental state, sensory deprivation, all kinds of explorations of the mind I went into. But the most important of them all was meditation. I've now been meditating every day for about 40 years, and that has helped me to balance the neuroscience and studying the academic side of the question of consciousness with an experiential side, with looking directly into questions like who am I? What is this? The kind of questions that come up when you learn to calm the mind and sit quietly. So it's been a long, long time I've been fascinated by consciousness and it's been a fantastic time for philosophy and psychology and neuroscience and we're beginning to get some answers. But consciousness is still very mysterious and that's why it was fun writing this VSI about the mystery of consciousness. Consciousness, you might think, is really obvious. I mean, here you are listening to this, sitting in a room, walking around with things in your ears, whatever it is, and you're aware of your surroundings. What's the problem? The problem is very deep and has been around a long time, traditionally called the mind-body problem or the problem of dualism. It seems to be that there's two completely different kind of things in the world. On the one hand, there's this body and this room and the fields outside that seem to be objective, actual, physical existing things. And there's a brain full of neurons. And these neurons are transmitting information electrically and chemically across synapses and building up representations of this outside world so we can interact with it move our arms and legs, say what we want to say, and so on. And yet also, there is our experience 
So I'm looking out at a green field outside my window. Vivid, wonderful spring green color. What is this experience? It's private to me. I mean, your experience of looking at that field might be completely different, but I can't find out what it's like to be you. Essentially, consciousness is what it's like to be, to be me now. Interestingly, there's no definition of consciousness. This is the closest we in the field of consciousness studies get to what we're investigating. It's to say, well, it's what it's like to be. It's subjective experience. Now, how can there be subjective and objective? The modern version of this problem is called the hard problem of consciousness, and that is described as how can subjective experience of the objective activities of a brain? And it really is a problem. <laughs> it really is a perplexing problem. And that is what most of my VSI is about. But when you struggle with this problem of, well, how can there be my experience, my ineffable experience of greenness, as well as an actual greenfield, you start to think about self. So this is another big topic in consciousness studies. What is a self? You know, I'm, I'm pretty sure here that I'm in here in this room and the world's out there, and I'm pretty sure that I exist. But if we look inside a brain, all we see is all the neurons doing their stuff and the different chemicals and fluids and the electrical signals and all that, building up a representation of a self that doesn't exist. In other words, it's building up certain parts of the brain, build up a representation of our body so that we can move our arms and legs and control everything. Other bits of building up representations of our memories and who we feel, how we feel about ourselves, how we think we look, what other people think about, all this stuff's going on in there. But why is that? also this feeling of being me. Now, many people will say, ah, oh, well, there's a soul or a spirit or an astral body or something of that kind. And there's no evidence for any of those things. If there were, that would change everything. But not only is there no evidence, but if we look inside your brain, there's nowhere that that self could be. There isn't a sort of middle of the brain where stuff comes in for me to perceive it and then my orders go out to control the body. It isn't like that. The brain is a multiply parallel processing system. And so naturally we get to the other big problem said to be the greatest problem ever in philosophy. And that is the question of free will. Am I really free to choose to click my fingers, uh, to make a meow, meow like a cat? Or did those things happen entirely because of the state of this brain in, in this world? In which case I'm not really free from all those things as I feel to be. To me, this is the most critical question. Personally, I live my life without believing in free will because I just don't think it makes sense. But that raises a whole lot of problems, which in very short introduction way, I uh, tackle in the book. And finally, there are a few easier things which are, well, easier in the sense they're more straightforward, but the different levels of consciousness, altered states of consciousness, how they're achieved by, for example, psychoactive drugs, psychedelics and so on, or through meditation or mindfulness. I've been meditating every day for more than 40 years. I'm very interested in the effects of meditation, both on the brain and on our sense of self and free will. And there's the question of evolution. How did we humans get this way to be conscious in the way that it feels? And what does that mean? I was very happy when the editor at OUP inviting me to write this VSI said, well, we want you to put your own views into it. I thought they had to be absolutely objective. And most of this book is. But at the end, I talk about my own view, which is really that we are mired in illusion. 
the natural way, the way that evolution has given us really, is to believe in a self and a mind that's separate from the world when this isn't so. I don't have my own theory of consciousness. I haven't solved any of these problems, but my view is that we won't get anywhere with this wonderful mystery until we dismantle some of the natural false assumptions that we make about who am I, what is this, and do I have free will? So with all those difficult topics, I hope you will be as puzzled and perplexed as I have been for decades and enjoy the perplexity and enjoy struggling with the problem of consciousness. Thank you for listening to the Very Short Instructions podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify and Stitcher to receive new episodes directly to your podcast feed. All of our episodes, new and old, can also be found on SoundCloud and YouTube at OUP Academic. Thank you.